Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I thank God for another Wednesday, another opportunity to study God's word. I'm praying right now that God will again just calm me down. Ran into a a crisis right here, right before it's time to start. I'm looking at um, getting ready to get started, and the next thing you know, I needed to make some adjustments, detailed adjustments, right before it's time to get started. And guess what? As I claim all always that I'm God's favorite. How can I be God's favorite and he allowed me to experience that? Because that's something that's called life. Some people, that trips them up. Some people, that trips them up. That causes them not to be, that causes them not to be in sync with God. Why? Because I had a crisis. And crisis sometimes come to folks. It, it, it happens in your life, and what will happen is that you can you can either look at that as causing you pain and grief and confusion in your life, or you can embrace it and say, you know what, God is doing something in my life. He's doing something through this situation in my life, and I thank God for it. Let's pray. Father, we just bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, move by your spirit in the midst of our Sunday school and have Sunday school. Your, our Bible study. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our Bible study. Uh, uh, move by the power of your spirit and cause us to be even closer to you. Cause us to walk even more like Jesus. According to your will, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so tonight we are talking about humble devotion. Humble devotion. Humble devotion. When I say humble, I'm talking modest. I'm talking meek. I'm talking lowly. Humble devotion. When it comes to us, um, um, Developing a posture, thank you, Holy Ghost, a posture towards God. It is a very humble, a very lowly, a very meek, modest devotion to him. And and as we walk through this study tonight, and again, many times what I'm doing, I'm either going back to something that we did not cover in um, last week's Sunday school or the week before, or I'm moving ahead or what's coming up? I'm 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 reiterating until God gives me another theme. Um, there's some things I would like to do. However, again, I'm I'm saying, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. So uh, right now we're looking at uh, a lesson from 
uh, the 25th, actually, and in the back of the commentary, it was of good information, and I did not share it during Sunday school because I did not um, teach Sunday school that sun- Sunday. Deacon Angela taught Sunday school that Sunday. And um, so there was something in the commentary that I thought was noteworthy as I read through and I'm looking for different material to use during Sunday school, and I ran across this, Humble Devotion, and I'm just taking these brief four paragraphs, and I'm, I'm walking through them with you tonight as our Bible study. So what are we looking at? Humble Devotion. Paragraph one, it says the key to being an obedient servant of Jesus can be found in Psalm 25 and 9. Now, Psalm 25 and 9, and I'm going to pull it up, I, you know, every time I get, get a new website, I'm constantly using that one. So I'm using uh, tonight, uh, I used to be stuck. All you would hear was Bible Gateway, Bible Gateway, but now... Then you heard the Bible Hub. And the Bible Hub, both of them, they're great. I still use them. I'll be using them tonight. But when it comes to giving me multiple translations, these multiple translations, um, uh, the Jesus Knowing Jesus website, this is Bible.knowing-Jesus.com, gives me so many different versions of the Bible. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 21 different versions of the Bible. And, and the reason I do that, again, because as you do your own personal study, you will find out the, that, that uh, you've got a vast um, range of interpretations when it comes to different ver- um, verses of the Bible, when it comes to commentary on those verses. So when you start to pick one and make that one as if this is the the only version of the Bible that is true. No, no, no. I'm looking across the board. I'm looking. I'm studying. And, again, this is something that we have to do. You've got to study to show yourself approved. This is what, when the, when the Bible says that the enemy roams about seeking whom he may devour, well, you also have God watching us and going, what are you doing? Are you, seek, are you really seeking to get a better understanding of my word? He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit, thank you, Jesus, and in truth. So when it comes to this particular Bible verse, it says here, it says, and I'm reading it straight out of the uh, commentary in the, uh, what is this, Echoes, Adult Teacher's Commentary. Echoes, the Adult Teacher's Commentary. It says here, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. He guides the humble in what is right. And teaches them in his way. Now, again, I've got, I've got things just flashing in my mind. There is a portion of the 119th Psalm, and do I have my Bible close by? Yes, I do. Okay. 
and this this just jumped in my mind. It wasn't a part of my study, just became a part of my study. But in my Bible, and I know I'll be able to find it quickly in my Bible because it's highlighted different, and Psalms 119. Now, again, what it comes to is us having this great desire, this great desire to follow after God. Listen to this. This is uh, verses 33, starting at 33, Psalms 119. It says, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statures, of thy statures, and I shall keep it until the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Decline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word, watch this, unto thy servant, help me God, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts, quicken me in thy righteousness. Now that was down to verse number 40, Psalms 119, 33 to 40. And again, it's in the same vein. Now, now, in the midst of the study, bam, I'm talking about something, and as soon as I read it again, you read it over and over and over again. And, and at times, the light bulb will not come on until the 17th time. Sometimes it's not until the 25th time. You can read a particular text for years and never get the revelation. You can be sitting in service, and the preacher reads it, and all of a sudden, bam, it was dark. The next thing you know, he reads it, bam, the light comes on, and you can see clearer. In this particular text, again, I've read Psalms 25 and 9 as I was going over the material, and, and as soon as I read it this time, Heightened spirituality, heightened antenna. My antenna was up, but it may wasn't as up as it's high now, as high as it is now. And when I read it now, bam, 119 comes into mind. Didn't know the verse, 33 to 40, but that one is entitled He. Right above it is He, and that's more than likely the Hebrew, some Hebrew symbols Symbolism right above it, but it's H-E, capital H, capital E. So, again, it dealt with following after God. And this is a very what? Humble devotion. Write that down at the top of your page. Humble devotion, because that's what we're looking at. You being, watch this, when it comes to humble, thank you, God. You being meek. We already talked about being modest, being lowly. Being meek. Being patient, watch this, patient, wronged ones. That was another description. Patient, when it comes to you being humble, patient, wronged ones. And many folks lose it because God allows you to be in a situation where you are tested. 
Your patience is tried. And when he allows that, guess what happens? You lose it. You lose you, you, you lose it. When I say lose it, you get angry. When I say lose it, you raise your voice. When I, when I say lose it, you say something that you're going to regret. Patient, wrong ones. Upright, rejected. Upright, rejected. And, and in the different versions of the Bible, that's what you'll see, that when it says humble, some will use the term meek. When it says uh, uh, humble, some will say patient, wronged one. Some will call humble, upright. The Message Bible called humble, humility, is reject. Those who have been rejected, and you look at your life and you don't realize, guess what? God allows you to be in a situation where many have rejected you. However, he has accepted you, and guess what? Put you in the position where your clay is the very best clay when it comes to your clay being rejected as much as you have been is in the best position for him to mold and shape you. Now, the key is not for you to be in a position where you lose your mind, where you get angry. All right? Watch this. Uh, And that was the Message Bible translation, rejected. Now, what is evident in the verses is that God has a plan for our lives. Key for us to know. Thank you, Jesus. Key for us to know. God has a plan for your life. You say, well, Pastor, I've heard that so many times. Again, when when you see in your life that it's going nothing, your whole life is always around, not rising up, saying, Lord, where to? Not asking God, what would you have me to do? Not in a particular situation pausing and saying, let me take a moment of silence. Let me pray. Let me, watch this, let me get my head on straight because this is hitting me all at one time. I need to back up and regroup. God has a plan for your life, (laughs) and if you don't recognize it, guess what? You will live your whole life according to your plan. We're going to get deeper into that. Uh, He has a plan for our lives. He does not demand that we follow, watch this, his rules simply because he wants to demonstrate his power over us, like a master over his slaves or a servant. So when you start to study and look back at the, uh, the Old Testament and you look at the law, and, and it's not that God is saying, I'll kill you. I'll kill you if you don't do this. I'll kill you if you don't do that. You've got to understand, all of the killing that was going on in the Old Testament you got to understand what God was doing was purging that evil, purging that, that, that disobedient spirit out from among those who live. 
Many times I say the same thing during during uh, the the bereavement and grieving process of someone who has has died. That we still have a lot of folks there that that love that you that you have for that that loved one that's gone on that you can transfer that love, that attention, that time, and give it to this other person. But, however, what we do is we take that love and, and to the extent, thank you, God, to the extent that we love them, we share that kind of love with no one else. Where we would go out of our way to make sure, I don't care if it was a bag of barbecue potato chips, we will not. Take that kind of devotion. Come on now. Uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Leave work. Go to the store. Pick up the the potato chips and take it to this particular individual. I don't care whether it was grandfather, grandmother, auntie, mom, daughter, whoever. My daughter wants some barbecue potato chips, and I'm going to make sure she gets them. Well, guess what? Once this individual died, for whatever reason, we take that type of dedication and love and give it to no one. I'm telling you, in death, there is some lesson learned. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So when God allow, when God says over and over again, uh, listen, when that person does this particular thing, take them outside the camp, stone them until they die. When that person kills a person, whatever they use to kill them, eye for an eye, two for two, make, make sure that you kill them the exact same way. Get that, watch this, get that disobedience, get that spirit, get that activity out from the camp from a month. Why? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So what is happening? God is not trying to lord over you, do what I say do. Do, you better do what I say do. No, no, no. You better understand, getting rid of that particular individual and in you, it's that spirit. Getting that spirit, help me God, getting that spirit out, that mindset that you have out of your spirit. Watch this. Let's keep it moving. Uh, not just to give him the... That he, not just demonstrating his power over us like a master over his slaves or a servant, rather he seeks to take us to a far better place for us because of his parental love for us and, watch this, as his children. So, again, there are certain folks that you say, you know what, I don't want my children around them. No, I don't want y'all. You can go over uh, Miss Williams' house. You can go over to Johnson's house. But um, um, Cato's mom, Cato's parents, I don't want y'all over there. Why? Because I see characteristics in Cato's parents. Maybe Cato's the nicest little guy, but you can't go play with Cato, and you can't go over their house. But everybody's going over Cato's house. I don't care who's going over Cato's house. I don't want you in Cato's house. Why? Because the parent, thank you, God, the parent sees some folks going in Cato's house that he doesn't want you around. She doesn't. Your parents don't want you around them. There are some ideas while uh, um, standing on the corner talking with the parents and some of the ideas that we heard Cato's parents bring up, we don't want you around it. And you got to understand, that's how God looks at us. Certain times we get that urge to get away from folks, and if you're not, thank you, God, if you're not humbly devoted to God, 
then guess what? You're like a child. I won't be around Cato. Everybody else is going over Cato's house. Listen, every time they go over Cato's house and I'm not there, it seems like they have so much fun. Let me tell you something. God is like our parent. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He is like our parent. It is like a parent. Parents love for his children. Indeed, he is, watch this, transforming us to be righteous as he is righteous. He's, he's teaching us to say, guess what? I'm getting y'all back in relationship with me as, as we had it when you were in the garden. And when you look at all of us as being as one, Adam, Eve, that's us. That's the decisions that we're making right now. The, the same decisions that they make, the same decisions that we're making, and God is saying, I'm transforming you. I'm molding you. I'm shaping you. I am the potter. You are the clay, and I'm creating you to be like me. Why? You have me in you, but it's not coming out of you in your display, in your character, in the principles that you display. It's not there. So he's getting us back in the right relationship with him, creating us, transforming us to be righteous as he is. Paragraph number two says, we, however, cannot lead. Hold on. We, however, can cannot be led by him unless we humbly submit to his will. You've got to look. You've got to read it, you've got to study, and you've got to make the decision day by day, moment by moment, how are you going to do this? The, 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 it was a craze. It's, 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 I don't know how, how uh, strong it's going now. You have to ask, to ask the what would Jesus do people. But a few years back, it was huge. What would WJ, what would WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And it was very powerful. For a moment, I'm telling you, people, they had everything, T-shirts, they had the bracelets, they had everything, hats, bumper stickers. What would Jesus do? Why? Because it was a very cool way of bringing up to the believer to say, Hold on, pause, don't do anything. What would Jesus do in this situation? What's happening here is that, again, we are humbly submitting to God's will. What would God do? What would God have me to do? And let me tell you something. Sometimes what God would have you to do is not, good God Almighty, it's not going to look like what everybody else is doing. Watch this. This keeps coming to my mind. I'm just going to bring it up. It. I don't think. I think it ties in. There's a lot of folks when when it comes to giving money to the homeless. And the Lord gave me this the other day. When it comes to giving money to the homeless, they look at the homeless person, or just the person that's asking. And they try to determine if they need it, what they're going to do with it. Um, 
they try to determine how much you're going to give them, um, what that person's lifestyle is like. Do they really need this money? You got to understand when God established taking care of the poor, because the poor we're going to have with us always. When He established taking care of them, when He said, "Leave the corners of your field for the beggars, the poor, for those who will glean," listen, He didn't say monitor over your who's gleaning. If I'm wrong, somebody might be able to help me out, and they say, well, hey, check right here. And he says, post up a person and and have them um, take a little survey before they can pick up the corn, before they can pick up any of the other vegetables, before they can pick up the wheat. Give them this survey, and if they don't meet the right criteria, no, no, no. When he said leave it, leave it for those people to say, the way that I make a living is I pick up after somebody else. And it is no determination. You're looking at them, and you're looking at their eyes, and it looks like he's a drunk. You're smelling them. You're No, no, no. If this person is begging, you've got to be in tune with the Spirit of God. And again, it says, be careful how you entertain strangers. Why? Because you may be entertaining an angel unaware. So this person, the sole purpose of this person, this angel, is sent not for to 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 squander all the money. No, this angel could be sent in the form of a beggar for us to, again, where are you when it comes to you listening to doing what God says do? If God says give, give. That causes us to be righteous. Why does it cause us to be righteous? Because obedience, watch this, obedience, to what God tells you to do, puts you in a closer relationship into a closer relationship with him. That puts you into a closer relationship. Obedience, this is what he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, how am I righteous? I'm righteous through the blood of Jesus. I'm righteous because I accept him as my Savior. That's what causes me, again, this, there's a pie. If you look at it as a pie and you've got uh, pieces of that pie and, and the, my righteousness is wrapped up in Jesus, it's wrapped up in my obedience, it's wrapped up in my relationship, and there's some components, thank you, Holy Ghost, of this righteousness. And God is saying, listen, obedience is a major part of that. He says, give. No, you're not evaluating nothing. You're not asking them where you're going to go. You're not, you're not even, as many of us do, and when I said many of us, many times we'll say, God bless you. I hope that you get a nice meal. Uh, God bless you. I hope you can, you said you need a coat. I hope you can, this will help you get your coat. To make sure, don't buy this on coat 45. You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. When we give it, we give it as unto the Lord. We give it out of obedience to God, and then we pray, God, let your will be done in their life. 
hey, there was a season that anybody would have given me anything. It would have went towards uh, whatever I was partying with that weekend. That's how it was. That was that season of my life. So now I'm going to try to dictate everybody else's season around me. No, you will not. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Watch this. It says again, uh, we, however, cannot be led by him unless we humbly submit to his will. It is certainly possible to obey God's command and be proud, proud doing it. But that is not what God expects from us. Humility. See, yes, you can do his will. You can be better with keeping, I'm talking the original law. The Old Testament law, you can be better than anybody else. But God knows if that was possible and if the massives would have gotten closer to him through that process, guess what? We wouldn't have needed Jesus. That was the law. We're under grace. We wouldn't have needed grace. But we, God understands, and we understand through the studying of his word that he says, guess what? Here's coming a greater covenant than what we had before. Thank you, God. It is a greater covenant that, that God put in place that now, no, 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 don't try to keep the law in, 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 in the, the way in which man has kept the law. Why? Because what winds up happening is that this man winds up now making the law his God. Me keeping all of these commandments now becomes a God unto me, and I'm starting to get puffed up. He said, Paul said, hey, um, take this thorn from me. And he says that, no, 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 I'm leaving that thorn there. Why? It's a messenger of Satan to buffet you, lest you be puffed up. So the law, many times, what happens is people get dogmatic about the law. And this that God is doing with us is not about keeping the law. Sometimes God is going to ask you to do some things that nobody else is doing. It has nothing to do with Sunday morning church. It has nothing to do with Wednesday night Bible study or early Sunday morning uh, Sunday school. It has everything to do with, are you listening to what God told you? Watch this. But that is not what God expects from us. Humility expresses our comprehension that Jesus is on the throne in our lives and not ourselves. What winds up happening is that we get a closer relationship with God through our humble obedience, through this humble devotion to him, we get a closer relationship with him. We take a closer look at how, what, how Jesus lives, how he lived, and how he lives in us, how he's living in others. Listen, our greatest desire is to be what? More like him. Here we go. Watch this. It says... We cannot only, okay, submission to Almighty God, we cannot only look to his life to see how he obeyed when it comes to looking at Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Very good. Back it up. Started, this is paragraph number three. Start at the beginning. Lest we be confused as to what that means. Jesus is the perfect example of humble submission to the Almighty God. We, we cannot only look to his life to see how he obeyed God, even unto death, but also listen to his words to understand how we should humble ourselves to God's will. Now, the question becomes, do you believe it? And I missed out on one of my others, do you believe it, when it comes to uh, transforming us into the righteousness, into his righteousness, do you believe that? When it comes to he, being God, is transforming us to be righteous as he is righteous, do you believe it? Uh, Again, when it comes to being led by God, unless we humbly submit to his will. Now watch this. This is the beginning of paragraph two, and I'm just backing up because I had these notes of do you believe it, and I want to mention those. And and when I say do you believe it, that's that's a, a place in you where you go, wow, I believe that or I don't believe it. I think DYBI is important because when you start to say, do I believe that, do you believe it, DYBI, do you believe it, when you say, yes, I believe it, then yes, you ought to change. When you say, yes, I believe it, then you say, yes, my display of my belief, if it's not in line with what I just said I believe, then it ought to change. Here it is. Uh, Paragraph number two, it started off. However, cannot we, however, cannot be led by him unless we humbly submit to his will. Do you believe it? We can't be led by him unless we submit to his will. I believe it. So if I believe it, I start to study more and more and more to find out what was his will. And and we're going to get into that because we're in paragraph number three now. We're going to get into that to when you find out what was his will, is that the same way you want to live? Here we go. In paragraph number three, it says, Jesus was the perfect example of humble submission to the Almighty God, we can not only look to, to his life to see how we obey God, even unto death, Paul's right there, just came out of Good Friday, just came out of uh, Resurrection Sunday, and again, you've got it. When we start to say unto death, it's got to flash through your mind the scourging process, the crucifying, crucifixion process. When it comes to your obedience, how far do you go? Does your obedience stop at a point of personal pain? Help me, Holy Ghost. When it comes to how far will you go, when it comes to, no, that's becoming a headache to me, I'm going to disobey God. When it comes to you saying, you know what, that's doing too much. Many times that comes up. We, we had a long, extensive conversation about this during Sunday school. When folks say that you're doing too much or when the conversation comes up that you're doing too much, 
what you're doing too much for, is it worth it? You've got to ask yourself the question. Yes, we went over it in Sunday school, but we've got some folks that wasn't in Sunday school that's on the line tonight. And, and, and this question has got to be asked to you. You've got to know it. When folks bring it up to you and they say, hey, I think you're doing too much, you need to take a break, you need to do this, you need to do that, hold on. If I'm going overboard, is it worth it? The thing that I'm doing, going overboard for, is it worth it? What Jesus said it's not only worth it, but it's worth it all the way to me going to the cross. And you got to look at that. When it says unto death, um, that's a terrible death. It says but, and let me just highlight that real quick. I always love it when but, because you start to reverse things when you put but in it. But also, but also listen to his words. Two, understand how we should humble ourselves to God's will. Listen to his words. Jesus said, and, 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 I'm, and I'm... Wow, and that's all the way to the end. So before I get into that, before I get into Luke chapter 22, chapter 22, um, I want to look at John chapter 5. So I'm going to pause right there, and I'm going to pick up. I didn't have me a note, so I should have had to pick up a little note right there and jump to John chapter 5 because, again, where we are and where we're going to conclude, we're heading towards the conclusion. So I want to hit these last two scriptures. Psalms 25 and 9 was the first one, and now the second one is going to be John chapter 5. And it should still be loaded. Yep, John chapter 5. Okay, John chapter 5. Now watch this. And I'm reading from the Message Bible, starting at verse number 8. John chapter 5, starting at verse number 8. Excuse me. Now, it says in the Message Bible, Jesus said, excuse me, Jesus said, Get up, take your bedroll, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. Y'all know what the scenario is. I don't even have to go into it. If, if you knew and you never heard that, that story before, give me a call. Um, now, you got to understand, and, and you know what? The, the scripture explains it. I'm not going into it. Watch this. Verse number nine. It says, that day happened to be the Sabbath. The Jews stopped the healed man and said, it's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bedroll around. It's against the rules. But he told them, the man who made me well told me to. He said, take your bedroll and start walking. Verse number 12, they asked, who gave you orders? Who gave you the order to take up, your, take up and start walking? But the healed man didn't know, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. You better understand what just happened. Uh, some folk heal, they stay around, they, they get a lot of attention. Jesus healed because he realized when he heals, guess what? 
folks going to be after him. When he does what God told him to do, and listen, you got to understand, this is why I'm saying many times we get caught up in a religious system. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You get caught up in a religious system, and everything they say do, that's what you have to do. You've got to be so connected to the Spirit of God in you, not just to be disobedient and be disruptive and to cause a bunch of confusion in your local church body. That's not, thank you, Holy Ghost, that's not what I'm saying. There are going to be some accounts when Jesus does something, when God tells you to do something, and it's not according to what everybody else is doing. And I'm not giving any scenarios. But it's not going to be in line. And they're saying, according to the law, you're not supposed to be doing it. Who told you to do this? Well, they couldn't find Jesus. Jesus has slipped away. Verse number 14 says, a little later, Jesus found him in the temple and said, you look. You look wonderful. You're well. Don't return to, watch this, don't return to a sinning life or something worse might happen. The man went back and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. That is why the Jews were out to get Jesus. Because he did this kind of thing, watch this, on the Sabbath. Hold on. Ho, ho, ho. Who did it? Jesus did it. Who told him to? God told him to. How how do you know that, Pastor? Keep reading. But Jesus defended himself. My father is working straight through. Okay, yes, he did it on the Sabbath. Watch what he says. My father is working straight through, even, thank you, Holy Ghost, even on the Sabbath, so am I. That's what it says. That's what it says in, in, in the Message Bible for verse number 17. Watch this. Verse number 17 in another translation. It says, But he said to them, my father never stops working, so I work too. Verse number 17, my father is always working, and I too must work. Here it is, last one, last translation, amplified. My father is working straight through, even on the Sabbath, so am I. Hold on, hold on. There was something that Jesus did that definitely, I believe, came from the Father. It was Jesus who did it. He's a part of the Trinity, and it was on the Sabbath. Not breaking out the Sabbath and saying, okay, now you have the right to do so many things. No, I'm saying all of the law. When it comes to you being in tune with what God is doing in your life, many times, listen, everybody else is fasting, and you say, I'm sitting out this fast. Why? I feel God is leading me to. I'm sitting out. Why? Because I believe that my fast during this time, I'm talking to God all the time, and it will not honor him. There are certain things during certain times where God says do it, and guess what? Your job is to do it. Watch this. I'm going to finish up. Verse number 19. So Jesus explained explained himself at length. I am telling you this straight. 
The son can't independently do anything, only what he sees the father doing. Come on now. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he's doing. Here we go. But Jesus answered, I assure you that the son can do nothing alone. He does only what he sees his father doing. The son does the same thing that the father does. Over and over and over again. So when it comes to humble devotion, listen, you got to be so in tune. Why? Because some things may, to the religious leaders, some things are going to seem out of, you're not supposed to be doing that. Now, again, I reiterate, not, listen, your spirit, your spirit man and your flesh, your flesh is going to well up and try to cause you to do some things on this day or that day, during this time or that time, listen, that has nothing to do with God. You got to be that discerner to say, guess what? When I got the, the prompting, I tested it in my spirit first. I said, Psalm 119 came to me. It wasn't a part of the um, original plan. So I tested it in my spirit first, and I kept talking. Next thing you know, it came back more solid. Wow. 119, he, 33 through 40. And I read those and then keep it moving. Why? Because you've got to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit to understand, is this according to what God would have me to do? I'm talking humble devotion. All right? Let's conclude with this last scripture. I thought that was a good one. What, what was it? John chapter 5, verses 8 through 19. Again, this is according to God's will. It's according to what God is asking, asking you to do, according to what God is saying, thank you, Holy Ghost, in your spirit. you got to be in tune. Now, here it goes. This was the conclusion of uh, uh, paragraph number three. It says here, Jesus said, and this was, uh, let me bring you back in line where we were. It says, but also listen to his words to understand how we should humble ourselves to God to God's will. Jesus said, and this is quoting from Scripture, Luke chapter 22, looking at 25 to 27, the kings, of the, the kings of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not like that. Thank you, God. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules, thank you, Holy Ghost, like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Now, that same one, again, I looked it up in the Bible Gateway, got a couple of different translations for you. Um, when it comes to how our flesh, naturally, we want to be the one at the table, the one getting served. 
We want to sit down. Many times, again, when we have uh, fellowship dinners and things of that nature, I am so in this gear. I'm just geared up towards serving that folks are, are asking me, when are you going to sit down? Pastor, are you going to sit down and eat? We have your plate set aside. Listen, don't even set my plate aside. Why? I may not even be able to eat. Why? Because I'm so geared up. Something deep down inside of me is saying, Something deep down inside of me is saying, guess what? Help that person. Did this person get enough? Did that person get enough? And I get so into it that my stomach gets a little um, messed up, and guess what? I don't feel like eating at that moment. Sometimes I've got to force myself to eat. Why? To fellowship. In this text, Luke chapter, what was it? Luke chapter 22 Verse 25 to 27, it says, listen, how, are you, how do you really want to be? This is, and again, you've got to be honest with yourself. How do you really want? Do you want to be the one at the table, or do you want to be the one serving? And if you find out, watch this, that, that truly I want to be the one being served. I don't want to be a servant. Then that's what you've got to be honest. However, you're being honest with yourself, thank you, Holy Ghost, but you've got to also understand that you have to, to look at what, what Jesus said. Jesus said, and I'm looking at another translation. Let's go up. This one is the good news. This is the good news translation. All right, watch this. Jesus said to them, the kings of the pagans have power over their people, and the, and the rulers claim the title, Friends of the People. But this is not the way it is with you. Rather, the greatest among you must be like the youngest. So they're talking old and young. The old people got to be like the young. And the leader must be like the servant. Verse number 27, who is greater, the one who sits down and eats or the one who serves? The one who sits down of course, but I am among you as the one who serves. It appears, watch this, it appears that it's the one who sits at the table. But Jesus is saying, you are to become like me. I'm the example. I'm setting this example for you. You've got to be like me, and I'm a servant. I'm not looking to be served. He came, watch this, he came not for those who were well, but for those who were sick. Where did he come? He came to, to be sick with them? No, he came to serve them. He came to serve the lowly. He came to pull those up, watch this, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, God. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what he came to do. To shine his light. Watch this. Being humbly devoted to God is a true indication of being an obedient child of our Heavenly Father. Being humbly devoted to God is a true indication of being 
an obedient child of our Heavenly Father. Let me tell you something. One way you can get on your parents' good side is do what they ask you to do. One good way of of getting on your parents' good side is doing what they ask you to do. And I believe so it is in the natural, it is in the spiritual. That God is looking for those who are faithfully obeying, not just his word, but his voice. You know, it's amazing that the Bible talked about hearing his voice. It's one thing, he says, my people know my, watch this, they know my word and they follow my words. They know my laws. They know my commandments. But in the New Testament, you hear it over and over again. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. They don't follow. Why? Because New Testament under grace is going to challenge legalism. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's going to challenge those in Christendom who want to do things the regular way. Right before Right before I got on the Bible study call, I watched a video, and it was a church. Some of you may have seen it. I did not post it on the Mount Enon Facebook page. But there was a a young lady who was delivering pizzas, and I don't know whether she had just delivered the pizza during that time but the pastor of the church had her come in to the sanctuary and up on in the pulpit or on the stage. And um, he wanted to express to her God's love. Don't know her, don't know her story, don't know anything about her. And he went in the envelope and pulled out 10 $100 bills $100 bills, 10 um, $10 bills, and counted them off, $100 as her tips. He gave her $100 for her tip. Now, this was a lot, pretty large congregation, so it looks like probably uh, the sanctuary, I don't know, probably would have sat, and I'm just going off of them, you know, the small portion that I saw, could sit anywhere from three to five hundred, and he said, "I want ten other people that just want to bless this stranger. Don't have to be a hundred dollars, but just want to give her something, and and to stand up right now." And he counted, and when he counted, he counted up to thirteen, and he says, "Now come up here right now, and put it in her hand." And it was well over 13 people. And the lady just sat there and cried. She's struggling. She's a um, single parent. And, and as you can see, she's out delivering pizzas to make extra money. And she just got tremendously blessed. And I'm talking, I believe, I, I didn't count, so, but I'm believing that it was over about 25 30 people who came up and they had to go get a basket to put the money in. 
what in the world has the church come to? We we giving out money to try to get people in church? No. If that's what God tells you to do on a Sunday morning, I I can't do that. It's it's not even offering time. I can't do that. The people already are giving their tithes and offering. They're giving money towards the new building that we're trying to build. I can't ask them to also bless this stranger. I think it hurts us. I think it hurts our relationship with God. He said obedience is better than sacrifice. And when we're obedient, even if our obedience to the voice of God in our heart and in our spirit is contrary to what we have read and what we know according to the law, according to the church rules, according to all the way that all the other churches are doing it. I don't know anybody else that's doing that. Humble devotion. I think it's powerful. I think it's powerful. Hold on a second. I'm going to do something a little bit unusual. Uh, I'm going to stop the recording. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.